The story started when we received five charges of voter fraud. And then when we went to look up the voter records, all five of those had registered to vote, listing a jail address on the same day, July 15, 2020. Then we went on to look up what had happened that day at the Alaska County Jail. And we found out that there was a representative from the Supervisor of Elections office, TJ Pichet, who had visited the jail that day and ran a voter registration drive. So then we just went on to speak to all the people being charged and found out what happened. And can you take me a little bit more through your reporting process and some more of the information that you learned? Kind of just looked into the charges um, and we put together a timeline of when, basically when they registered to vote the elections official was at the the jailhouse for those two hours um, the same day that the first five people, I think except for one, um, registered to vote the same day. So that's the way we were able to pinpoint. We were able to like basically do the timeline on our end. We went through voter records to find out when they registered and then we went through court records to find out what they had been charged for and if they had any fines due at that time point. And then we also were looking at how much time they had served in state prison, if they did ever. And then Alex was able to actually get in contact with some of them as well. Well, once we got into contact with the prisoners, everyone that we contacted was surprised. They didn't know that they had charges against them. And they admitted that someone went and helped them register and went through and took them through the process. After that, we contacted the supervisor of elections who basically went over how they have a partnership with the Electoral County Sheriff's Office to go into these jailhouses and register um, people to vote. And they said that they comply with everything. They go into the jailhouses and they, they said that they educate the inmates, but basically ultimately it's up to the inmates to know whether they're eligible. The problem with this case is that it happened in the middle of kind of a back and forth between judges who were deciding on how to interpret Amendment 4, which basically gave felons rights to votes. And in the middle of that back and forth, it was ultimately decided that felons had to pay fines, all the fines due from court fees and um, just fees in general from, from the charges, that they have to pay those off to be able to vote. And that was the ultimate decision. And that's what led to the charges, basically. They also needed to apply, like if they had been convicted felons first, they had to apply like pardon. And if they had violent felony charges, then they don't qualify for that pardon. And after your original article was published on March 30th, what new information have you discovered on this topic? So right after the article got published on the 30th, we had been looking at other people who had registered to vote on that same on those same days that TJ Pache had gone to the jailhouse, that we had found those out um, by looking at visitor records from the jailhouse. We were keeping an eye out for around five individuals who had also registered to vote on those dates. And on Wednesday evening, like at around 5, 6, we got the charges for another four people who had also registered to vote under the jail address while owing unpaid court fees. 
So we did the same process to research these other four individuals, and we found that three of them had registered on the same day that Pichet had been in the jailhouse. One of them had not. And we, we went through the same process and found the information on them. What was their criminal record? Um, what were the fees that they had unpaid? So yesterday, uh, we received an email from the state attorney's office, basically confirming the new people we found to be charged with uh, voter fraud. And then today I got in contact with the state, with um, someone from the state attorney's office who basically confirmed that everyone from the supervisor of elections office is cleared. And now the only people being charged for the case are the felons who actually registered or voted while ineligible to vote. So as of Thursday, there have been nine people charged with um, voter fraud. All nine of them registered in 2020, listing a jail address. Eight of the nine registered on days that a representative from the Supervisor of Elections Office went into the Alachua County Jail in a voter registration drive and supposedly assisted them with the registration. What's something you learned that surprised or stood out to you? For me, I think the most surprising thing was how the felons just weren't notified about, you know, the charges against them. You would think that someone who was charged would be notified. Even like Carolina said, the the person who we talked to who was out of jail didn't know. I think that's the most surprising thing for me. I don't know if you want to add to that, Carolina. I was surprised to know that the law on how felons can be pardoned to vote or not was still a gray area at the time that these voter registration drives were happening. And what would you say is the significance or biggest takeaway people should have from your story? So I think there's two things. One, these are actually the first cases of voter fraud that have shown up in Florida since the election happened. And now we have nine cases. There's a few other ones in, in other counties, but it's still a very minimum thing. So I think it's a significance of how big the problem of voter fraud is in Florida and overall. And also how the process of voter registration is. I think just like these felons didn't know that they were not allowed to vote. I think there's probably a lot of people who are not aware of the actual policies of voter registration and what they can and cannot do as convicted felons. So I think this is an important public service story for the audience. Yeah, and just to add to that, I think it kind of shows how Florida is so targeted by you know these kinds of fraud cases because it's a swing state. So. You know, it's just kind of surprising how common it is. I know the population of Florida is big, so it's bound to happen, but I think it's kind of telling. And also just another takeaway is how laws are so fluid when they're so new and how fast they can change within, you know, in this case, it was within four months that the law went back and forth and it ended up being ruled against the felons and it ended up leading to this case where nine of them were charged with felonies, even though they seem to have not been aware that they would be charged. 